This episode of POMCAST is sponsored by Yorkshire Yarn Fest. Since 2019, Yorkshire Yarn Fest has brought together crafters from all over the world with their virtual festivals, which take place live on Instagram. Wait, 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 what? Record scratch, Soph. They have a yarn festival on Instagram? How does that work? Let me explain. Each maker has a 15-minute live slot on the last Saturday every month on the Instagram profile at Yorkshire Yarn Fest, where they talk about what they do. So far, Yorkshire Yarn Fest has hosted 26 virtual yarn festivals, all of which you can play back at your own leisure. This is great fun, as you can watch at your own speed, maybe even treat yourself by purchasing something directly from the makers. Wow. I've also just found out by checking my notes, that you could also join Yorkshire Yarn Fest for their third in-person event this month, which is a celebration of all things yarn, wool and fibre. The next IRL Yorkshire Yarn Fest will be at York Auction Mart, which is just on the outskirts of York, so it's very well named, on the 28th of May. Check out YorkshireYarnFest.com for a list of exhibitors. And it's beautifully organised because tickets are timed. The venue has plenty of space for social distancing, which I know is on a lot of people's minds still. And there are also areas for sitting, knitting and chatting. Oh my gosh, sounds perfect. My favourite things. I know. Even better, there's a cafe on site for those all-important caffeinated beverages and snacks. Oh yeah. (laughs) And as if this wasn't all exciting enough, we have great news for podcast listeners. That's you. Our friends at Yorkshire Yarn Fest are offering you a free ticket to the next event on the 28th of May. You can just use the code POMCAST, that's P-O-M-C-A-S-T, when ordering your ticket via YorkshireYarnFest.com. Woohoo, can't wait! Hello! Hello. Hi and welcome to POMCAST, the podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly. I'm Sophie Heathscott and I'm joined by the lovely, crafty, the intelligent and nitty and witty Lydia Gluck. Hi Soph, wow, what a, uh, I feel like I'm being introduced like I'm a guest on the podcast, it's very nice, very flattering. <laughs> I know, that's the kind of treatment <laughs> guests get here. Uh, how, are you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good, it's nice and sunny here, we've got to do our quick weather report of course because we're British. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it's like where you are, but it is very nice. Well, you know, actually, this time we're not actually that many miles apart because I'm also in the county of Norfolk this recording. Indeed. So we were looking at very similar blue skies. Very nice. I've got a very picturesque cloud. We haven't, we're not actually in the same recording space. It's a, a bit of a, that's a, the modern way, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. How are you? Yeah, uh, all dandy here. Sun, tick. And uh, excited to have a little chat about the world of pom-pom, what we've been knitting, what we've been making. And uh, yeah, this is one of our chat episodes, one of our armchair episodes, which I really like that uh, phrase at the minute. Indeed, meaning that we don't have a very special guest. It is the two of us. And we just get to chit-chat about all the things that we've been doing and making and, of course, about pom-pom. Yeah. So what have you been up to, Lydia? Well, anybody who's been listening to this podcast of late, mainly the armchair episodes, <laughs> will know that I'm doing a master's at the moment at Norwich University of the Arts in fine art. And we're sort of heading into our final MA project. So I'm starting to work on the final pieces that I'll be submitting. And at the moment, that mainly involves dyeing fabric at the moment. So yeah, I've just I've got a bathroom full of buckets of dye and moving fabric around from buckets and then into the washing machine and then ironing them. It's quite nice. It's quite a nice like meditative process. And 
you know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I quite like colours. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Mm, I, I sort of keep it quiet, but um, yes, I that's one of the main things I've been doing. And I also got excited about the weather being nicer again. And so I bought some sewing patterns, which I definitely won't have time to make anything because I'm trying to finish my degree <laughs> and do my pom-pom work. But I got excited and bought some sewing patterns. So um, it's like a set. Um, and I, I, don't, I just love a co-ord set. So if, I like having a matching top and bottom. I was watching Sewing Bee and the final mm. challenge was make a co-ord. Was it? I've actually yeah. not watched the latest season. That's exciting. I'd forgotten that I had that ready to binge. Yeah, great bit of Sewing Bee on the BBC. If people aren't into it, you know, get to know. Because, mm. yeah. <laughs> Very good times. Okay, so the Friday Pattern Company set that I bought is called the Cigaro set and um, or Saguaro set. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that. And it's basically like, you know, a top and trousers, but and they're both quite flowy and summery. And it's shown um, on their website in a variety of kinds of fabric. And I saw it and I thought, I want to wear that outfit. Um, so I've got the pattern and maybe I will actually make it. Anything could happen. That's exciting. Well, I hope that there is fabric left over from your MA course and you get to like reinvigorate it with making something just for you. And, you know, you're, obviously your MA project is personal and for you, but it's, you know, it's doing doing the work for the schools, you know? Yes, this is true. Maybe I could make myself an outfit that matches my work to wear <laughs> our degree show. Honestly, I think that's a fantastic idea. You should definitely do that. I can't believe I didn't think of that before. Thank you, Sophie, for um, inspiring me in this <laughs> inspirations everywhere you, you artists you can find it everywhere i'm just trying to be the vessel <laughs> how about you so what have you been up to uh well i had a little arty trip out uh to the hayward gallery uh in london because uh that's where my sphere of influence is these days and uh i went to see the louise bourgeois exhibition oh wonderful yes i saw that um a month or so ago i think what did you think I loved it. Yeah. So if people don't know, she does very sculptural, textiles based pieces. It's all about memory and clothes and a little bit of childbirth and the body sort of thrown in there. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I found a lot of it very moving. And I think as a you know person who loves fabrics and textiles, it was very emotive, like all the all the structure and all the little stitches. And the, there was one piece I loved, which was a... Um, quite small sort of a5 pieces of fabric with different embroidered details or maybe like a set of buttons like sewn onto a piece of fabric um or a little like it was all elements from her trousseau i think it was like flower little fake flowers and bits of lace that she'd put together as a series maybe about 12 pieces which all had these little sewn details to tell like a story about the passage of time yeah it's very moving Yes, I know the one you mean. I like I liked in particular when she was using like old pieces of fabric that she'd kind of been keeping her whole life, like old linens. Um, I found I, find, I really enjoyed that. I like that often the way that she uses textiles isn't um, it's it, it's sometimes quite delicate, but often it's quite like sort of sturdy and like not maybe very pretty, like quite solid. Mm -hmm. um, and I quite like that contrast of like the idea of what textile arts are and like what people sometimes or often associate with them I feel like when you see her work it 
can be quite surprising that it's like maybe quite grotesque often yeah there was a series of I'm thinking about the the heads she did so like mm. yeah you know you'd have like a uh, like a, you know, like you'd have like a marble bust. It was like a, a big textiles head, and the faces. You know, it wasn't about representing someone. It was more like the emotion or the anguish. And yeah, they were quite, uh, like you say, they weren't the pretty textiles. They were structural, and they were strong, but also they were very emotive and kind of uncomfortable because these are quite kind of, I don't know, couldn't what what you know what were the faces saying? I suppose that's what what you're looking into it as what you're seeing the art. You know, not quite them, mm. quite kind of like anguished I say the faces were mm, yeah yes. yeah definitely and she often uses a lot of metal al alongside the textiles which can be quite interesting um one of the pieces that I particularly loved when I saw it which actually I'd seen before because I saw an exhibition of her work in New York like it's got to be like five or six years ago now mm -hmm. and there's um there was actually two of these that are kind of fabric books that had been, you know, the pages had been separated out yeah. and they were displayed as like, you know, so you could see each page individually. Um, and on each page was like a different kind of abstract. Some, some of, sometimes there were words and sometimes it was kind of abstract shapes and colours, but with really interesting like applique or like woven bias binding and all sorts of different ways of kind of manipulating fabric. And I found that very interesting to look at and also very pleasing aesthetically. Yes, nice. Um, there was a quote from her because her was it her family were textile reupholsterers or like fabric uh, conservators. What was it like? I can't remember now. It's something to do with tapestries, wasn't it? Yeah, and tapestries. And she said how the needle is represented in her work a lot because the needle, although it's a thing that pierces and makes holes, it's always seen as the repairer. You know, it's mm. the uh, the mender. Anyway, great. Hot tip from us. If you, <laughs> <laughs> Although the exhibition is closing next week, I think. I feel like Louise Bourgeois' work is like quite widely exhibited, so there'll presumably be another opportunity to see her work very soon. Great. Well, great. I like talking to you about that. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on to pom-pom news. Top pom-pom news, of course, is issue 41. Indeed. And that is, if you haven't, if you've missed this, it's our 10th anniversary issue. So Pom Pom's been around for 10 years. Which is wild, 10 years. I think that's uh, a yeah. <laughs> course of celebration. And of course, we are celebrating with a bumper issue. So that's 13 patterns. Um, and the pattern previews are live on Ravelry. And they're also on our blog. Uh, and they're on social media. I guess it's all the places uh, you can see patterns. And uh, of course, we've got some fun articles and recipes as well. We have indeed. We've got a recipe for madeleines, which are those little delicious French cakes um, by Di Amole. And we've got a very wonderful Sashiko article um, by Atsushi Futatsuya. I love both of those. I'm getting very intense memory thinking about the about my childhood, thinking about the madeleines, but never mind. <laughs> and uh, we've got a crafter's guide to London by Atia Azmi. Uh, you may know her as Bright Blooms on Instagram. I mean, I love following her account because it's very brightly coloured. <laughs> It is indeed. And since she lives in London, it's like, I mean, you live, you do still live in London and I live near London. So for us, it's, uh, it's nice to be able to find out the new things to do. And for anyone visiting London or hoping to visit London, we hope that you enjoy her crafter's guide. Yeah, uh, because Pom Pom was founded in London, if people do not know that. so uh, Indeed. There are other places in the world we do know, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we have to talk about 
patterns from the issues. And I know we love all of them because it is a super duper special issue, but we uh, always like to highlight some of the ones that are on our two knit list first. Um, so Lydia, talk, let's talk patterns. Let's get ready to talk patterns. Are you ready? Pattern chat, yes. Pattern chat. Moving on from the sewing patterns to the knitting patterns, my first love in terms of patterns. And speaking of patterns, I've just realised that both of the patterns, how many times can I say that word, that I've chosen are both stripey. Love a stripe. Can't can't get away from it. So I think near the top of my list, if not at the top of my list, is the streamers jumper, which is by James Watts, um, which is a kind of drop shoulder delight with vertical I almost said horizontal back and then confusing my terms vertical stripes and there's two versions that you can see in the magazine there's one that has is it six colors uh yeah maybe even more yeah there's basically there's one version that has a lot more contrast and a lot more different colors in it and then one that has a more muted palette so it's quite nice to see the jumper in these two different possibilities I mean you could make it in two colors you could make it in 20 could be a pretty fun way to use up lots of different scraps for example well i just did a little fact check while we're here because if we're nothing if accurate on this podcast mm-hmm. it's actually eight colors in the multicolor sample there we go eight colors what a great number yeah what a great number for stripes so i've not decided yet on the amount of different colors i will use um but i'm excited at the prospect of choosing some colors for that and then the other pattern that i'm hoping to make um is the lateralis socks by Ina Berkenbeyeva and these are some very interestingly constructed socks because rather than knitting them in a tube from the top to the bottom or like as in from the cuff to the toe or from toe up um, you actually knit them sort of flat with short rows so the heel is created with the short rows which means that you can have vertical stripes again there's obviously a theme (laughs) these patterns I've chosen what's going on um I mean, Ina is a very technically brilliant designer and I'm just, you know, I've, I've read through the pattern and I understand how they're made in theory, but I would very much like to try putting that theory into practice because I feel like it would be a very fulfilling process. Yes, I've been really excited about these since we had Ina on the podcast and she was mm. actually talking, well, it was before the previews had come out and she was alluding to all these details from the socks. And uh, yeah, when you see an in-construction photo of these, you imagine that piece of flat fabric and it does have this like little elbow that just comes out, which is the heel. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to make these two because of the construction. I think it's good to like challenge yourself with a different style every now and again to sort of, yeah, get inside yeah. a designer's head, you know? Yeah. And it's also, it's so interesting, isn't it? That, um, you know, when you're knitting, you're creating the fabric. And so you try and create extra fabric where you need it, for example, with a heel. And we're like mostly used to doing that in a certain way. So it's just very fun to be thinking in 3D, but from a different perspective. Um, yeah, very, very exciting times with that one. Yes. I was trying to remember, I read something somewhere about how, you know, tailoring is so interesting because you have a flat something and you're trying to put it on a 3D body. So that's like, you know, all the ways that uh, fabric construction, you know, is it pinning, you know, wrapping or is it cutting and like making something 3D? But then like knitting is, yeah, here's a piece of string. Now make it 3D. Yeah, because with, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, when you're working with fabric, you'll be adding darts and gussets and so on. And you just do that in a different way to how you would if you're knitting or crocheting, I suppose. Um, you're sort of 3D printing, really. Love it. Yes. 
And how about you, Soph? What are your what are your picks? Well, one of the ones I'm looking at, it's which is not 3D, it's very flat, but I suppose it could be seen as 3D. It's the Keswick Shawl by Sandy Peters, and it's an incredible tartan played scenario and Oh boy, I'm really excited about this. I've actually been working on a little while because in my capacity as a POM person, I obviously see the patterns a little earlier than the POM public. Um, oh, just one of the peak. It's just a perk, POM perk. And it's not a travel project because it's, um, as you can imagine, uh, a tartan. You're introducing different colours and they're layering up against each other. And it's a giant wrap shawl thing, if you will. And the shawl, uh, yeah, uses lots of different colours, uses an amazing mohair as the background, and then you're introducing all these colours to make the stripes and uh, building up, holding some together to uh, get that texture and colour. But yeah, it's not a travel project, and I like to take my projects on buses, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine it's not a travel project. I love the images that we got of that shawl um, kind of held up in front of the light coming through a window, and you can see like the sort of differences in transparency in the different sections and it just it's such an interesting piece of fabric yeah I love Andy's use of color and texture and this is no exception he's made like an amazing uh addition to this issue which yeah very exciting uh another one on my list is the lackadaisical myth and they're by Amelia Siva you might know her as Kindred Red on Instagram or via her yarn brand and yes as the name suggests they have these cute little daisy motif on it and it has all these fantastic little details which I'm really excited to try like a Latvian braid and things like that so um mm. I think and you were talking about different techniques like with Ina's uh, socks having something new to introduce and uh, yeah this is sort of a has a twinned two-color cast on with the Latvian braid and I'm very excited to have a go at that oh yeah fun I feel like um there are some times in life where you just want a comfort knitting pattern, you know, and you don't feel like a challenge and that's fine. And that's a nice thing that knitting can offer you. And then sometimes you do want a challenge and it seems like we're both in the wanting a bit of a challenge mindset at the moment, which is fun. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to celebrate pom pom in the only way I know how, which is trying a new technique. Oh, we should also say, we probably said this last time, but the other exciting thing about this new issue is that Pom Pom has changed size. We've now seen this new uh, larger version of Pom Pom IRL, and soon it will be in the hands of Pom Cats all over the world. But it's it's very exciting, isn't it? It's so fun to see it in uh, different dimensions. It is. Like, I know sometimes, myself included, change can feel a little scary, a little weird but I think we feel this is a really positive change because it allows all the pattern text and all the beautiful photos to breathe and it's sort of it's it's a joy to open and it's sort of like yes there's space here for everyone to see uh see the goods (laughs) indeed I also think because it's a bit bigger it actually will sit open a little better if you're working from it and yeah we hope that uh, when you see it in person you're as pleased with the new look as we are yeah so that's available from your local yarn shop from the 31st of May. And if you are a lovely subscriber or you've pre-ordered it, you can expect it a little earlier uh, landing in your letterbox. Indeed. Oh, and re-lackadaisical uh, mitts. We should also talk about our very exciting 10th anniversary merch because yeah. those two things are related, are they not? I mean, what's what's a party without, what's a celebration, what's a brand without merch, right? <laughs> Indeed. 
Yes. And what's a celebration without flowers? Ah, uh, so true. Did we even think about that? That's pretty deep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Presumably that's what um, Amalia was thinking of. Uh, but who knows? We're just glad that she came up with such a wonderful motif that we then loved so much that we wanted to include it um, in our merch designs. If you love it, put it on a tea towel. That's the, that's the <laughs> exactly. phrase. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say, right? right. Um, but yeah, so we've got tea towels, as Sophie said, and T-shirts. Whoa, both tea-related. Um, we did some kind of test runs of the T-shirts to test, you know, the size that the motif should be printed and so on. And I have to say, I took one of the uh, test T-shirts and I've been wearing it. So, well, you know, very sneaky of me. How does it handle? Um, it's it's wonderful. I love it. It's uh, I find it to be very pleasing. Yeah, I'm very excited about those t-shirts. It's uh, it's nice to be able to. It's like a band t-shirt, you know. I love a band t-shirt. Except for I'm wearing a band t-shirt for my own band. Is yeah. that weird? <laughs> <laughs> got it. Hey, there's nothing wrong with promotion. You know, like you've got it pays to advertise, right? You know. Indeed. Um, and the last bit of merch that we have are these wonderful stitch markers that I think we mentioned last time um, we collaborated with All Stitch Studio and they're little flowers. Yeah, these are delightful. They're solid little rings, but the, uh, yeah, it's shaped like a little flower with petals and they're just delightful to use. Great colours. They've got custom colours that are only available from Palm. A little bit of mustard, a little bit of peach, a little bit of lilac, a little bit of blue. It's very much in line with what you might expect. <laughs> there are a few joys that I find to be greater than like satisfying haberdashery. All right, Lydia, so last bit of the episode, we talk about what we're excited about. And I logged on this morning to check the notes before this episode, and I was very excited to see what you put down. And we specifically tried not to talk about it before this recording. <laughs> we did. I mean, I did write down the name of the thing wrong. <laughs> yes, so... so I had to double check we were talking about the same thing. Yes. Um, so what I wrote down was everything everywhere at the same time. And what I meant to write down was everything everywhere all at once. Um, and so the latter is the name, the correct name <laughs> of a film, which I saw very recently, which I think has only just been released in the UK, at least. I think it's been out in the States for a bit longer, um, but has just started to be shown in cinemas here. And I saw it this week. I mean, I don't mean to overhype things because I feel like I went to see this film with not a huge amount of expectation. I'd heard an interview with the directors on one of my favourite podcasts, which is the FT culture podcast I can't remember what it's called now I'll 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 find it and we can put a link um, if people are interested and I was listening to this interview and I thought oh that sounds like an interesting film and I've not been to the cinema for a while and then I saw that it was on here and I thought you know what I'll go see it and I left the cinema feeling like just so jazzed because I don't think I've seen a film that good for like I mean I can't remember the last film I saw that I thought was that good it was like I was like, this is the reason that people make art. That's how good it is. It just really like just reminded me of the power that um, that cinema can have. Because I'm not really someone who 
watches a lot of films. I tend to watch more like TV. But yeah, I just thought it was wonderful. What did you think? Yes, I think the emotions uh, you're feeling, I'm also feeling them. Yes. And yeah, it's a delight. It is, it's nothing like you've seen before. It almost feels a little bit like, what, what is it like, Lydia? <laughs> so it's wild. Like it starts, you know, no, no spoilers, of course, but it, it starts, it's, the, it's an American film and it, uh, it's, it's about a Chinese immigrant family who live in America. And it kind of starts out as a sort of family based drama. Um, you know, there's maybe some issues in the marriage and some uh, just, you know, normal kind of fam- family things. Um, like the daughter and the mum have differences. And then, you yeah, know, there's an elder- yeah. elderly parent coming to visit. And that's stressful. And then, yeah. It, exactly. Yeah. And then it sort of shifts from that to a kind of sci-fi absurdist comedy. Like it's quite slapstick. Um, and it also features some like, I mean, Michelle Yeoh, who plays the lead, you know, was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and is like a, just like a karate master. And there's some like incredible fight scenes. The fight scenes are incredible. It's that thing where you get the the timing of the impact, and it's the it's the energy of that which makes it just. I don't know. Some fight scenes. Maybe I'm sounding old. In like modern films, I'm like, oh, this is too. There's too much movement. Like I can't actually see what's happening. <laughs> this is like the whole choreography of it, and the the movement. It's just, yeah, it's seamless. It's so, like, hmm, crunchy and snappy, right? Yeah, and I'm not someone who tends to watch, for example, action films. Um, I do love sci-fi, but, I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that I would enjoy so thoroughly so much kind of fighting. But yeah. it, it's done so brilliantly, like you say. And it's also, you know, I laughed so much. Like, it's a very funny film. The timing, the comic timing is impeccable. But it's also, I cried loads, like it was really moving. And I, I really felt like I left the cinema understanding something about people's lives who, you know, I've got a very different experience of life to them and feeling like I I really learned something. It's hard to say exactly what the directors were trying to talk about, but from the interview that I heard with them, it sounds like what I took from it is uh, not too far from what they were trying to say. Yeah. It's absurd and it's fantasy and it's martial arts and slapstick, but also it's philosophy and the most like profound, beautiful expressions of family and life. Yeah, yeah. It was just I, I like wanted to applaud when it finished, and it was the first time that I've been in a cinema with. It was quite there were quite a lot of people at the screening. It's been a long time since I was uh, in a cinema that was that busy, and everyone was laughing at the same time, and it was this kind of. And, and crying at the same time, or like, you know, you can't necessarily hear people crying quite so much, but, you know, people were, were sort of quiet at the at the moments that I, I found to be very moving. And I, I can imagine that a lot of people were moved in the same way as me. It felt like quite a lovely shared experience in that way. Also, the costumes were incredible, like some of the wild outfits that they had, because it, it goes through like a kind of multiverse thing, and there's all these different versions of the same characters, and it's just just brilliant like I think yeah I I, w- I think I might go see it again yeah I, it's just so much yeah I think there's so much to enjoy in it I think that's also like why going to this you know why would you go see something at the cinema because you get that whole experience like I'm thinking of like side note I'm thinking of when I went to see Greta Gerwig's Little Women which is a great mm. film that I really love and I think it's the one time I've been in the cinema that when the film's ended I've heard an audible like contented sigh around the audience like everyone was like oh Amazing. Like everyone loved it. <laughs> That's so cute. 
Yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, I feel like we can't really recommend this more than we already are. I mean, I have a feeling that it will. It sounds like... Um, I don't think people are going to sleep on this, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It seems like it's it's gaining momentum and it's quite sort of, you know, it's not like uh, that niche particularly. But I think if you can't, if, you know, if they're showing it at a cinema near you and you fancy a little a little trip out, maybe some popcorn with your movie. I had popcorn while I was watching it. Um, it's just, yeah. What a what a, what a great film! What a great film! Oh. Oh. oh, well, you know, I think we should just start a film podcast now <laughs> <laughs> called All Films Everywhere Consecutively. I don't know. I'm trying to make a joke based on the name of that film. And That's good. Work. Films we like <laughs> only. <laughs> yes, and when we start our film magazine, it'll be called uh, Film Film, of course. Nice film film, and I'll be Mark Hermode. <laughs> Mark Commode did like the um what do you call it? He came to speak at my master's graduation ceremony when I was at Manchester. I think he must have studied at Manchester. Oh yeah. Yes. I feel like he was pretty good. I don't really remember much about it. I don't think I really knew who he was at the time, to be honest. <laughs> oh Matt, we had uh James Lovelock who uh wrote the Gaia theory. Gosh. Side note there. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember one of the things he said, which was like, make sure you give your time to others, like volunteer as much as you can. Oh, that seems like a very nice sentiment. Hmm. Um, I don't remember anything that Mark Commode said. Ah. <laughs> That's probably more down to me, though, than I'm sure he said some some things that were worth remembering. Yeah, well, so, well maybe that was the university in a nutshell. Who knows? Who <laughs> <laughs> knows but yes thank you for joining us for our um arm armchair chat i almost said arm chat then that's a different podcast armchair chat episode and this is our last official episode for a while we may have a bonus episode between now and our official return uh which is in august um so keep an eye out for that Yes, we will be bringing you audio delights uh, officially in August. We're taking a little break over the summer holidays. We've got our buckets and spades packed and uh, our knitting, our travel knitting. (laughs) Yeah, and we're hoping for a continuation of these blue skies. Yes, uh, but yeah, we'll be uh, bringing you armchair chats, lots of lovely interviews with amazing knitting, crafting peoples very soon. And yeah, stay stay tuned for a bonus episode. You never know what our little uh, chats, where our chats will lead us. And uh, yeah, we look forward to sharing them with you. Thanks again to uh, Yorkshire Yarn Fest who sponsored this episode. Don't forget you can get a free ticket to their next in-person event, which is on the 28th of May. Just enter the code POMCAST, name of the show, when ordering your ticket at YorkshireYarnFest.com. What a treat. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Lydia. Thanks, Soph. We will meet you back here in the POMCAST space very soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Pomcast is produced by DJ Clock and Sophie Heathscott, along with the team at Pom Pom Quarterly Magazine. You can buy your copy of the magazine and subscribe too at our online shop. That's pompommag.com forward slash shop. Big thanks to Eli Block for creating the original music for the show and for being an essential part in creating this podcast. Thanks as always to Megan Fernandez, co-creator and editor of Pom Pom Quarterly. And thanks to the whole Pom Pom team. You know who you are and we love you because you help us with all the behind the scenes tech stuff. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and why not leave a review? We'll take 10 stars for our 10 years. Just joking, we know that you can only give us five. 
Send any feedback or ideas to podcast at pompommag.com and don't forget to keep in touch with us via the podcast group on the Pom Pom Ravelry Forum.